We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. Hey, you're listening to the October 30th, 2017 College Football Show, a Rotovis Radio podcast. I'm Kyle Pollock on Twitter at KylePollockFF, and joining me is my co-host, Jordan Hoover, on Twitter at JHoover9787. Jordan, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Kyle. Um... We're going to jump into some pretty exciting college football talk. We have the uh, the first uh, unveiling of the college football playoff rankings coming out this week, so we have some stuff to dive into there. But before we do that, I just wanted to give a quick plug to Blade Runner 2049. Um, I actually went, I finally got to go see it in the theater last night, and it's an excellent sci-fi movie, so if there are any... Um, it's, it's super smart and dystopian, and if you're paying attention to just the world these days, uh, it'll probably scare you a little bit, but if the listeners, anyone out there hasn't seen it yet, um, definitely go check it out. It's worth your money, and yeah, so like I said, we're going to be kind of running a different format for the show, um, and we also have another change for this week's episode. We brought on another voice, another Rotoviz writer to kind of give some extra perspective on what's going on in college football. So yeah, uh, pretty excited. Yeah, like you said, we got our uh, our first guest, uh, Matt Wisp. He's over at Rotoviz. So um, 
Matt, you want to kind of introduce yourself a bit to the listeners? Uh, just kind of give them you know, a little rundown. So yeah, as I said, I'm a writer over at Rotoviz. I've been writing over there for about a year and a half or so. Um, and unlike these two, I am uh, not a Penn State fan. I am actually on the other side of that game, so I'm kind of surprised they brought me in today. Um, but I am an Ohio State fan. I went uh, graduated from there, so definitely looking forward to have some conversation about the playoff and all the different matchups on the upcoming week. Yeah, certainly. Uh, congrats <laughs> to you and the Buckeyes on the win. Um, but like Jordan said, we're going to do things a little differently this week. Um, there were a good amount of games this weekend, and with the playoff rankings coming out, the three of us each decided to rank our top 15 teams, and then we kind of made an aggregate from that. So we're going to just run through, um, you know, touch on all those teams, um, and then kind of get back into the uh, previews for this week like we usually do. So we'll touch on most of the games from this weekend over the course of those um, you know, little segments we're doing. So the first team I want to talk about is uh, their number one in our ranking, uh, kind of split. Me and Matt had them number one, the Georgia Bulldogs. And then uh, Jordan, you had them number number two right behind Alabama, and me and Matt had um, Bama number two. Um, so if you kind of want to talk about why you put Alabama over Georgia, and then we'll touch on what made us put the Bulldogs ahead of uh, the Crimson Tide. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just kind of a, you know, with Alabama, the way that I think about if Alabama played Georgia heads up uh, tomorrow, say, and we're taking just the matchups in a vacuum, um, one thing that we've talked a lot about when we've talked about Georgia so far this year is how Jake Fromm has acquitted himself really nicely in that role uh, as a true freshman playing well in just about every spot. He hasn't really shown much weakness yet. I think that Alabama's defense could potentially uh, give him some issues and maybe make him make mistakes, which, you know, Georgia is so complete that it's hard to see them really losing a game without making mistakes. And when I look at that, Fromm is pretty much the most obvious place where that could happen. But I think at the end of the day, this, you know, the, the difference between the two is, is pretty minimal in my mind. So it's just kind of a hard thing for me to do to bump Alabama down. But I totally understand, like, I get why you guys like Georgia more right now. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't really have a super strong argument. I kind of get both sides. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Um, I think we probably kind of took different perspectives when we looked at this. Um, I know, Matt, you were saying before, Georgia kind of has the, the better resume in your eyes, correct? Yeah, I've uh, when looking at the resume of Georgia, I, I look at that Notre Dame win as arguably either the best or second best win that any team has done this country or done this season. And every week that they manage to keep winning these impressive games, that win just looks better and better. And every week that Florida State goes on a field, the win that Alabama had looks worse and worse. So when I, even though Alabama is just going out there and absolutely destroying everyone put in front of them, they're not doing anything that isn't expected so it's hard for me to continue giving them boosts whereas Georgia seems to be getting a little bit of credit each week for that one win they did have on the road in fact yeah and I think uh their win over Mississippi State too where they they blew them out 31-3 I think that's another that was kind of the deciding factor for me personally um I'd say at this point Alabama's best win is probably Texas A&M. I know Florida State, you know, coming into the year looked good, but obviously they haven't lived up to that billing. And, you know, talk all you want about transitive wins. Obviously I'm not just putting them over uh, Alabama because of the transitive win, but 
Bama w was close with Texas A&M, and A&M has kind of been falling down a hill, in my opinion. Um, you know, Mississippi State blew them out this weekend, and Georgia's taking care of business just as much as Alabama has. So, you know, like you guys both said, kind of splitting hairs. But um, we all look to be in consensus with the number three team. Uh, I'll let you talk about them, Matt. Uh, what you saw from the Buckeyes yesterday. I know what I saw from the Buckeyes yesterday, but we all have the number three. We are all pretty set with that. So, so with with Ohio State at three, I think the question basically, actually, there isn't a question. It's it's only if you're willing to put them over a Notre Dame or a Clemson when you're looking at these rankings. And while I just called that Notre Dame win for Georgia the best win any teams had this season, you could also make the case that Ohio State's win over Penn State is the best win, and. They've been, other than the Oklahoma game, which is admittedly a pretty rough strike against them, they haven't really had done anything. They've been doing what they were supposed to do as well. And then this win, which was hard to come by, and uh, yeah, <laughs> not exactly fun to watch for most of it, but then turned really fun at the end. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think with Ohio State, what impressed me was um, obviously, their defensive line is probably the best in the country, um, but the receivers really showed up this game, which has been a problem for them all year. Um, and the, the defense is certainly elite. Um, they're able to bottle up Saquon Barkley, get pressure on Trace McSorley. So if they can, you know, hold a guy like Saquon Barkley, who you know, arguably the best player in the country, um, to such a, a bad game, he had a long carry of 36 yards. After that, he had a uh, 20 carries for 8 yards, so if they can do that, um, I certainly trust their defense, and uh, you know, I, I was wrong, JT Barrett's a good quarterback, um, if J <laughs> JT, JT played very well, um, he was legit after that Oklahoma game, uh, he's been on fire, well, he has what, like 26 touchdowns and one interception this year, uh, I mean, I think he played himself possibly right into the top of the Heisman conversation with that game, so um, legitimate quarterback. Uh, probably one of the best defenses in the country and an improving uh, you know, skill skill unit. Um, I think it's pretty clear they're the third best team in the country. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't hurt. Um, Austin, Austin Mack Hive over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, any, anything else to add with them, or we kind of uh, hit all that? Any, any thoughts from the game yesterday? Jordan, anything else, or kind of, uh, kind of all good with them? Uh, just the only thing, just real quick, I wanted to add is, and I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a trend moving forward. Um, Matt's probably watched more Ohio State than I have this year, but they still make some pretty boneheaded mistakes at times, as far as like mental errors, mm -hmm. penalty wise, and that kickoff coverage team. Man, I don't know what the hell is going on there, but like. Uh, I know Saquon Barkley is, you know, probably the most dangerous player in, in football, and you probably shouldn't kick it to him regardless, but it wasn't just in this game, and you can confirm that, Matt, right? Like, this has sort of been an issue for them throughout the year. It, yeah, absolutely. Their, their kickoff team has been a question, which is actually surprising because that is supposedly Urban, Urban Meyer's baby. That's his, right. his focus, and I'm, I've been a little surprised and disappointed with how bad it's been. Yeah, and I don't want to say that, like, that's the reason why, you know, it, it's not the a major reason, like, a huge downgrade, but it's just something that 
once the games get tough and say they get to the playoff and they're playing another top four team, you know, small edges matter. And that could be a small edge that might hurt them in the end. But, you know, I'm not I'm not writing them off because of their kick coverage. But just wanted to mention it. Yeah, even like a little thing yesterday I noticed with the kickoff unit. That last kickoff they had uh, where it was supposed to be a squib and they gave Penn State the ball at about the 40, 45 yard line, which, yeah. you know, you can't be making that mistake against a team that, you know, has that actually in a position to win the game, um, you know, with an explosive offense. Obviously, their defense held, but you make a mistake like that against a team like Georgia or Alabama, who has a, you know, rock solid offensive line with. You know, five-star receivers all over the field and five-star quarterbacks. Um, you're probably not going to come out of there with a win, especially if it's on a neutral field. So that that is a very good point. Um, another team we've mentioned, uh, Notre Dame. Um, they had a very impressive win yesterday over NC State. Uh, ESPN Football Power Index has them ranked fourth. Uh, we also have them ranked fourth. Uh, Matt, you have them fifth. Jordan and I both have them uh, fourth. So um, I've been pleasantly surprised with Notre Dame this year, I guess. Um, I like Brandon Wimbush, but I've been surprised that they were, you know, able to blow out these teams consistently like they've been doing. You know, wins over Michigan State, USC, North Carolina State, um, obviously that close loss to Georgia, but they were able to hold Georgia to 20 points and their defense has looked legit, which is probably the biggest surprise. Um, winning out is certainly going to be tough for them. They have to go to Miami and to Stanford. Um, they'll play Wake Forest this week, which isn't an easy game, and Navy, which triple option, never an easy game either. Um, so I think right now Notre Dame's body of work warrants them being number four in my mind, but I think it's if they, it's going to be hard for them to keep it, but if they do, it's also going to be very, very hard to keep them out of the playoff. Yeah, and I, I think you hit on something really important too that kind of snuck up on me as far as Notre Dame is concerned is their defense. Um, just looking strictly at their schedule, their game log, uh, the offense gets most of the headlines because of that rushing attack, and rightfully so. They've gone over 30 points in all in every game but one against against Georgia. Um, but they've also held their opponents to 20 20 points or less in every single game, and they gave up 20 to Georgia and to Boston College. Um, so I mean, I think that all of those things that you kind of mentioned rolled into one solidify Notre Dame at number four. Um, they have an insanely tough schedule if you look at it, and they've just they've handled pretty much every opponent. And and like Matt said earlier, hitting on that that loss to Georgia, that one point loss on the road. I mean, that's an extremely tough or at home. I'm sorry, they're at home, but that's still you know we know who Georgia is now, so that loss doesn't look nearly as bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Notre Dame is super solid. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, Matt, what made you uh, put uh, you uh, who do you, you have uh, you have Penn State at number four actually? What made you put Penn State uh, one spot higher than Notre Dame? I think that Penn State has actually. It's hard for me to drop Penn State for that loss. So while I Notre Dame hat is starting to get the credit now that they deserve, again that I mean, USC is looks like an incredible win and it was an incredible win. But is it, it's a question of how great is USC really make it? Is it as big of a statement game as it may have been like, or was it closer to like when Ohio State last year beat Nebraska 63 to three? Or, yeah. Whatever the final. Is it one of those types of wins? Um, I did have an issue dropping from two all the way down beyond that four spot. I think they are one of the four, but looking at them whole on the season rather than just a quarter of that game. 
but it's probably a little bit emotional at this moment. I'm just not really willing to jump in that far. I could easily make the same case or make a case for Notre Dame if we definitely don't have a problem with them at four either. Um, and I know last week I said, uh, you know, Equinemia St. Brown had a chance to uh, have his breakout game this weekend, and he had two catches for 13 yards. So um, I'm just just holding all the L's this week. KT Barrett, Equinemia St. <laughs> Brown, nothing's going right. Um, but this next this next group of teams uh, after four was kind of where things get. Uh, we all differ on our rankings a little bit. Um, so I have Clemson at five. Jordan, you have Penn State at five, and you have Notre Dame at five. Matt. Um, so you know Matt kind of just touched on why he had Penn State. at Four, what makes you uh, only drop them three spots down to number five? Well, I think that, honestly, I kind of wrestled with the the five and six ranking with Penn State and Clemson. I'm still a believer in Clemson. Um, I, I, just, I just love their defense, and I think that if Kelly Bryant is healthy, I think that he is a proper fit for that offense, and I think that they can continue to improve somewhat as we move on. But as far as Penn State is concerned, um, it's you know that the the fourth quarter against Ohio State was obviously extremely disappointing if you're looking at it from their perspective. Um, but I think that they still have you know the pieces. They still have all the pieces intact that we saw before that game. And even though they kind of broke down in that fourth quarter and lost a game that they probably should have won. Um, to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen again, and they're not going to play another team of Ohio State's caliber, um, you know, until the bowl game um, or the playoffs should they get there. So, I I, I see them um, I, I see them winning out the rest of the way, and where that leaves them, I don't know right now. But um, I just I just think that they're doing they're doing things on offense. They're kind of evolving on offense, and which is encouraging to see. And their defense is still really solid. And I think that just in all three aspects of the game, offense, defense, special teams, um, they've been pretty impressive. So kind of, kind of along the lines that Matt was talking about, it's hard for me to drop them much further because that loss to Ohio State at Ohio State is, you know, that's a tough spot regardless of what the rankings were before the game. So I feel pretty good about them being at five. Um, I think that they're a borderline playoff team. Still. Yeah, with this group for me, I, I would say, um, you know, I have my five, six, seven, eight is uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Penn State in that order. Um, I think they're all pretty much even in my book. Um, what made me drop Penn State so far was that they don't have the, except for Wisconsin probably, they don't have the, uh, you know, marquee wins that the other two teams have. Um, you know, obviously Clemson has knocked off Auburn, Louisville, and Virginia Tech, um, and they also beat you know Wake Forest, who I think is a decent win. Um, Penn State, you know, went on the road. Uh, they they won a close game at Iowa. They were able to k- destroy Michigan, but um, I'm not a big believer in Michigan. Um, and I just think this game against Ohio State really opened up a lot of their flaws. Which, if you were to put them in the playoff against these, you know, those top four teams I talked about before, I think it would be exposed pretty heavily. The offensive line is still a major concern. Um, they had their starting right tackle get left tackle get injured in the game. Not sure how long they'll be out for. I think that'll certainly hurt them. And the defense has played well, but I've been worried about the secondary. Um, that they have a solid corner in Grant Haley uh, for their number one corner, but Christian Campbell and Marcus Allen are not the best in coverage, and Ohio State really showed that. Um, so 
I'd expect them to win out. Their schedule isn't that hard, but um, I don't think they're going to have a signature win the rest of the way, and I think their flaws might just be too much to overcome if they were to play a team like Alabama or Georgia. Um, I don't think that would end well for them. So that's kind of what made me drop them down, just because the flaws that I had been worried about all year kind of proved to be the case in this game. Um, but for my number five team, Clemson, kind of like what I touched on, I just like their resume a lot. Um, they had a, a close loss against a Syracuse team that does have a solid offense, um, and their quarterback got hurt in that game, a uh, Friday night game, kind of a weird situation. I'm not giving them a pass for it, but um, everybody's allowed a mistake, I'd say, once a year. There's never going to be four undefeated teams. And if Clemson wins out, um, I think they certainly have a great case for the, for the playoff. Um, and you guys have Clemson at six, so I'd assume it's kind of a similar situation for you, correct? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any real doubts in Clemson. I think the loss is, it's like you said, every it's hard to go undefeated in a college football season, and they had their slip-up moment. It happened after their quarterback got hurt. And, I, I mean, if their defense plays the way it's been playing, then they're going to be right there in, at the end of it. And if they do end up beating Miami in the – Big East Championship. Wow, I'm thinking. Uh, ACC Championship, definitely. Uh, going to be one of the big Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the day. If they slip up again, they're done. Um, so kind of the next team for us, I would say, I have Oklahoma at six. You guys have them both at seven. Um, is there, Jordan, any reason why you have them as the top Big 12 team over you know teams like Oklahoma State and TCU? Yeah, it's the the top the top grouping there in the Big Twelve is is difficult, and we've nailed we've hit on this you know pretty much every single week. Um, I I'm I'm pretty worried about Oklahoma's defense, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't think that that's like a bold statement, but I think that we've seen it pretty consistently that they can be exploited. Um, but they also still have Baker Mayfield, who is the you know the 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 chosen one, the new chosen one. Um, uh, he's been, you know, I saw some some Twitter stuff. Uh, I think Kevin Cole was posting stat uh, comparisons between Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield that were pretty eye opening. Um, we don't have to get into that right now, but I um, I think that Oklahoma's offense is is still, you know, in most situations I trust Oklahoma's offense to kind of make up for their deficiencies on defense, although. I may be singing a different tune after this week because I think that Oklahoma State could very easily torch Oklahoma's defense. Um, so this this is probably the toughest. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and TCU trying to figure out how to slot them in here was probably my toughest, um, you know, doing some mental gymnastics, putting this spreadsheet together. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same about Oklahoma's defense or not, but I'm pretty concerned about it. Yeah, I think it's certainly a concern for me. Um, I, I mean, if they win out, they'll, they'll also have to win against one of these teams again, Oklahoma State, TCU, potentially Iowa State, um, in the Big 12 championship game. So that's, that's down the stretch. Um, Kansas, if they lose to Kansas, they Stop play, playing football. I don't, know, I don't know what should happen to them. But, yeah, yeah, they should not be considered uh, anywhere near the playoff, obviously. Um, but they have Oklahoma State, uh on the road this week, then they're home for TCU and home for West Virginia, and then a neutral site game against one of those four, maybe three teams again. Um, I just can't see any of these teams really winning out the rest of their games, which would mean 
the Big 12 would have a two-loss champion, um, which might open up the door for, you know, a one-loss Penn State team, a one-loss Wisconsin team, say they lose in the Big Ten championship, or, you know, a one-loss Notre Dame team. Um, so, personally, I'm rooting for Iowa State to come out of it with just two losses and uh, win it all, because I think that would definitely be one of the bigger stories of the past couple of years in college football, which would be really cool to see. But um, we'll we'll wait for that to be seen. Yeah, like like you guys, I just a lot of issues with Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, uh, and TCU. Um, and the more I look at it, the more I think I have TCU too low. But I, at Oklahoma has one of the has the best win out of the conference. Um, of all the teams and their defense is atrocious but I, I do I think they're going to sort themselves out on the field and it'll be kind of nice when they do but yeah um, like you said a team you have too high a team I think I, I probably overranked maybe just by a slot or two is Wisconsin um, they're undefeated I kind of gave them the, the benefit of the doubt with that but their, their resume really isn't um, up to par with anybody else we've talked about so far so I'm interested in if uh, they end up getting to the Big Ten Championship and losing to uh, Ohio State or Penn State, or say they lose uh, one of these games down the stretch, do you think Wisconsin still has a chance uh, if, if they lose a game, or is it because of their resume that team might have to win out the rest of the way? I mean, if, if things, you know, unless Michigan really rallies here late, they will have not played um, a ranked team. Is that right? I mean, Nebraska was Nebraska ranked? No. Yeah, so I mean, this is yeah. <laughs> this is the definition of like a Charmin soft schedule. And I mean, it's good for them. They keep winning, but if they, you know, say say that scenario plays out like you just laid out, say they get to the championship game, which they should, assuming they beat Iowa and Michigan, um and say they lose, you know, by a couple touchdowns to Ohio State for instance. I, I don't think they deserve, you know, I don't think their their resume is strong enough to overcome that loss, even though it's just one. And it's kind of a bummer. Like, we all love Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, future stud, no doubt. But this schedule, you know, it's it's difficult to overcome when you, when you just don't have quality wins against, you know, teams that are even ranked. I, I can't. That's incredible that I'm just staring at their schedule and their results, and there are no numbers next to any of the opponents. Um, so that's kind of where I'm stuck with Wisconsin. Um, yeah, and I believe uh, Jonathan Taylor got, got hurt this weekend. Um, I, I don't think he came back into the game because uh, they were playing Illinois, so they didn't need his help. But um, I, I think he's questionable to play this week, so hopefully he gets healthy. But um, that would certainly be a big blow to them, and that'd be a concern for me because a team like Indiana can can score a decent amount, um, and they, you know their defense isn't phenomenal. They have a, a decent linebacker and a defensive back whose names I can't remember. Uh, Rashad Fant, I believe he's a borderline NFL player. So, um, and that Wisconsin offense isn't exactly a juggernaut. Um, so I don't, we'll see. I think they could definitely slip up down the stretch, but they're a team I think that, like you said, they have to win out. Um, so the last two teams we kind of touched on them a bit already to round out our top ten. Uh, we had all of us had the same ten teams in the top ten, um, and actually me and Matt had identical top fifteens, uh, just different numbers, and you had one different team than us. So we're we're all pretty much on consensus. Um, who these top teams are in the, in the nation. But Oklahoma State came in at 9 for us, and TCU came in at 10. Um, my main concern with TCU was that um, 
I know Kenny Hill has been been good for most of the year, but I don't trust Kenny Hill really to uh, be this consistent for the whole year. Um, we saw this happen this week against Iowa State. We got the Kenny Hill of old. Uh, Kenny Trill came back if you want to talk about that. But, um, yeah, uh, I know they beat Oklahoma State. I do think um, Oklahoma State's probably the better team. Um, you know, we talk about James Washington every week. Um, he was kind of just a deciding factor for me in um, putting them ahead. And their team, they still have Texas, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and then a potential Big 12 championship game. Uh, I'm pulling up Oklahoma State's schedule here too, but kind of like we said, it's just going to be really hard for these teams to, to win out. Um, if one of these teams ends up going 10-2, and two, Matt, or even 11-1, and one, do you think they have enough of a resume to kind of slide into the playoff there, maybe the 3 or 4 spot? I, the only one that I think has a chance to get up there with one loss at this point is Oklahoma. And it's honestly, it's they've of all that group, they've got the win on the road at Ohio State. Uh, so they could be in the conversation if it comes down to a debate for that fourth slot. If they're up against Ohio State and they, if Oklahoma were to run the table in a mat, in a matter that was impressive, they could definitely make things a little more difficult for Ohio State to get in. I think if Notre Dame runs their their table and I think if Alabama runs the table, they're both in. So I could I think they're the only one though. So, so no hope for the Cyclones is what you're saying? I want to see the Cyclones, but no. Yeah. no. It, it'll be tough sledding for them. Um, this next team came in at over 11. Uh, we actually had two teams tied, uh, Miami and Washington, which I think are two kind of interesting case studies uh, just for their conferences as a whole. Washington's the first Pac-12 team we've mentioned, um, which is certainly something considering Washington was number four last year. Uh, in the playoff rankings, and Miami, um, while they're undefeated, they have not been very impressive in going about that matter. Um, their team, similar to a couple other ones we've talked about, who I don't think they can afford to slip up at all, just the way they've played. Um, you know, their best win right now is probably Florida State, Georgia Tech, uh, you know, depends, depends. It's not Bethune Cookman, I'll tell you that. But um, well, Syracuse too. Uh, but they down the stretch they have Virginia Tech and Notre Dame these next two weeks. So these will be telling games. Um, if they are able to beat Virginia Tech, um, they they would probably have the, be in the driver's seat to play Clemson in that ACC championship game. Uh, however, if they lose to Virginia Tech, uh, I think all bets are off, kind of with them in the playoff. Um, so their team, I, I just generally haven't been that impressed with. I don't know about you guys, but I think uh, it's a little, a little bit of a fluky team. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I was watching a little bit of them against North Carolina for as long as I could stand it, and uh, I mean, in the first half, I mean, they weren't. Their offense wasn't moving the ball effectively. They were not doing it. They just managed to score on plays, on, on certain plays, and it. You just kind of felt like. A team that has one win on the year, you should be beating than they did. So I was all prepared if they'd come in and beaten North Carolina by 50 and shown that they were still a decent team. I, w- I probably would have put them in that conversation with the Wisconsin-Oklahoma State range for me, but they're, they don't have the resume and they haven't looked impressive. so it's hard for me to put them any higher. Uh, now, Jordan, you 
you don't have Miami as the the top team in Florida. You actually have uh, an, an, one other team ahead of them at number twelve. You have Miami at thirteen. You want you want to touch on UCF a bit? Yeah, I mean this is I've kind of fallen in love with UCF. I love the story. I love Scott Frost. I love the fact that he runs scout team option in the off week and. You know, all that stuff. And I get the fact that they just don't, you know, they don't play the same type of competition um, that, you know, some of the other teams do. But as far as, like, them ahead of Miami, um, I'm just not totally sold on Miami, personally. Um, a lot of the points that you guys laid out, I, you know, they should have they should have smoked North Carolina. North Carolina is not a good football team. Um, and, you know, they could easily lost that game against Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, different things. But it's... Um, I don't really see an avenue for them. You know, it's obviously going to come down to the last game of the year against South Florida. Um, and, you know, who would have thought that that game would hold so much significance? But I, I don't see them losing up until that point. And I, as of right now, I would pick them to beat South Florida. So, I mean, if they finish undefeated, um, I don't, I, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, they don't belong in the top four, in my opinion. But if you finish 12-0... and 0, um, or 11 and 0, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I think that that counts, that matters for something. And they've, you know, they've only been the only close game that they've had so far. Now, granted, these teams are not good that they're playing necessarily, but they won by 10 against Navy, and every other game they won by at least three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Um, their offense is incredible. I think that they, you know, they're vulnerable on defense, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just think that I think that they're going to go undefeated. Um, South Florida is pretty much their only roadblock. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I just it's it's always tough putting a team like that so high because of the competition. But I've just been really impressed with what I've seen. I'll say, uh, I mean, I, I don't think their resume is that much worse. I, I mean, I think it might even be a little bit better than a team like Wisconsin. Um, I mean, they, they killed Memphis. Memphis is a decent team. Also knocked off Maryland on the road. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that game against Georgia Tech got canceled. Um, I think that certainly would have been uh, good for them, strength of schedule-wise. But, you know, Navy, Memphis, Maryland, um, all decent wins. Um, and I don't think a team like Wisconsin can really top that. I'm interested to see them play SMU this weekend. Um, I think that'll be a good test. Just, you know, facing an offense like SMU has. with uh, They have two awesome receivers in Trey Quinn and Cortland Sutton. Um, I think that should be interesting. Um just kind of want to touch back on Washington real quick. Uh, based on these rankings, uh, is Pac-12 not making the playoff at all, in your guys' opinions? Is that kind of what, what this is signaling to me? Yeah, yeah I, I'd agree. What do you, we've, do you, do you we've agree talked about so far, especially up at the top, there's a legitimate chance that we could have two undefeateds, maybe, you know, and it, with Washington already lost, their schedule, you know, starts to get really clear. Uh, Three, you know, they have Oregon this week, and then they have Stanford, Utah, and a struggling Washington State team to close. But you know, that's not a cakewalk either. So I could see them even, you know, I could definitely see them slipping up and losing at least one through the rest of the way. Um, Pac-12's just been kind of a bummer this year. <laughs> um, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Arizona's fun to watch. I really like watching them. They're they're good. They just missed out. Uh, I believe they were they were 16th in our rankings. 
Yeah, 17th. Um, so we got we got three teams left to talk about here. I guess it'll be a top 16. Uh, we we have we had a tie for the 15 spot. Um, we've touched on our favorite story of the year in Iowa State just a little bit. Um, they're the only team in the country with two top four wins. So I I'd say they probably have, uh, you know, obviously the best wins in the country, but they also have two losses already. Um, I think this team has kind of grown up as the year has gone on. Uh, they were two and two to start the year. Um, I know a similar story from last year of a team that started two and two and kind of got hot uh, and grew up a little bit in Penn State. Um, I, I'm not saying that's what happened, but um, you know I, I think this is a legitimate team. Um, they got West Virginia on the road this week, and then Oklahoma State. Um, even if they end up going, say uh, you know they they go three and one in those games, um, they'll be nine and three on the year. I mean, that that's all you can really ask for out of Iowa State. I think uh, if you told me coming to the year, Iowa State was going to be 9-3, and three, have a shot to go 10-2, and two, um, I would have laughed in your face probably. I mean, Al, Alan Lazard is good. David Montgomery is good. We've talked about him before as well. Um, other than that, they're, they're doing this with a quarterback who couldn't start at junior college, and last year's starting quarterback is their starting middle linebacker. So it, it's certainly a great team to watch, but uh, <laughs> you know, like we kind of touched on with the Big 12 a lot, we don't really think they have a shot to win. Um, so I'll just go to these last two teams real quick. Um, Matt, you have Mississippi State uh, all the way up at number 10. Um, I'm interested as to what you see in them that uh, have them up so high, because I certainly think they're a good team. Uh, we, we've touched on Nick Fitzgerald a bit. We both like him, but just kind of interested to uh, get your perspective on them. I'm gonna put this out there. That's a typo because <laughs> I also have TC. I also have TCU at ten. So um, I do a, like Nick Fitzgerald. I, I do so think that they're probably blur- like pouring on them a little bit uh, because of some of their law lo- or because of their loss. Uh, okay. But they're a good team. I think they're probably closer to fifteen, sixteen range for me. Uh, I'm right, not sure right, how I managed to pull right, that one off, but yeah. Yeah, I was I was very excited for that. In fairness, um, in fairness, they don't have bad losses. The Georgia one looks terrible, but like they're locked to decent teams. Otherwise, they're just winning. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, so me and you have Virginia Tech at fifteen. Then uh, Jordan, you have Auburn. So basically, all you know, all have the consensus on that. But I think from the, the sounds of this, it we kind of think maybe. 10 teams right now have the chance to make the playoff. That sounds about right. The, the, those top 10 teams we all have. You guys disagree with that? Or a little bit of a shorter list maybe for for either of you? I, I think it's probably... I, I really don't believe Wisconsin gets in even if they go undefeated, which feels really weird. Um, I, I wow. They're going to have one win okay. their entire season. They're going to have one win. It's going to be over Ohio State if they go undefeated. And Notre Dame's going to have a better resume. Clemson's going to have a better resume. Um... Oklahoma might even have a better resume if they went out. So that's about the only – they're the only one where I'm iffy. But, yeah, I, it's probably eight or nine for me. Yeah, I I would actually probably say closer to seven teams right now. Um, it, I kind of want that to happen, not to, you know, not to go against Ohio State, map, but I think that would be super interesting to see what would happen that's if fine. Wisconsin did go throughout undefeated playing that schedule with just one – notable win really and to see where that would put them i'm kind of almost rooting for that because i just want to see the chaos but um i think i'm I'm close to like seven or eight teams i think right now that have a shot and but there's still a lot of time and you know we're getting to the the schedule where a lot of these teams are going to start playing 
tougher uh, competition week in week out. So things will things will shake down, I think, pretty quickly over the next week or two. You said ideal scenario. I think my ideal scenario would be a maybe a uh, TCU UCF or no 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 TCU is a little too 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 normal. Iowa State UCF Washington Miami playoff. I think that would be that oh would be God. my ideal scenario. It's complete and utter chaos because that's what I like to see for college football. Um, the adver- the advertisers are are weeping right uh, now. They're thinking about those matchups. They would be devastated. Yeah. Um, before we get into the previews this week, we just want to take a moment to touch on my bookie. Um, my bookie. You've heard me talk about them before. You've heard Jordan talk about them before. Jordan's won with them before. Um, they're the industry leading website. They hook you up with all your betting needs. They have great odds, fast payouts, and decades of expertise. Um, they have in-game live betting, which is really unique. Um, I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, they have a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever. And you can also check out their online casino if you'd rather play a few hands of blackjack or just roll the dice and craps. Um, so if you're sitting on the sidelines and haven't manned up yet this season, uh, you got to go try out MyBookie. Um, join MyBookie now, and they'll match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Uh, just use our promo code RotoCFB to activate the offer. And if you visit MyBookie.ag today, you can play, you can win, you can get paid using that free promo code. So go check them out. Um, this week is a very good slate of games. Um, when we were texting before this, uh, Jordan, I probably texted you about 10 games maybe. Uh, and I'm excited for all of them. It should be a great week. Um, first one up we're going to talk about here, um, maybe, what, two, three years ago, this is uh, a game of the year. Where would you say that? Um, LSU is traveling to Alabama. Um, Alabama's a 21.5 point favorite. Uh, both teams are coming off the bye. Um, Darius Geis is coming off his best game of the season for LSU. Uh, happy to see that. Kind of happy to see him round back into form. Um, Alabama is um, still, you know, like we talked about, either the, the best or the second best team in the country in almost anyone's, everyone's mind. Um, so uh, LSU, I believe they were 21 in the latest coaches poll or AP poll today. Um, 21 or 22. Uh, sorry if I'm missing that one. But um, I think this is a big line, but for, for good reason. Um, I just don't know if I trust LSU's offense to put up enough points to keep up with Alabama. And I think Alabama's offense is just kind of rounding into form right now. Um, so it's at home for them. I don't think LSU is really a top 25 team either. So I'm going to take, I know it's a big line, but I'm still going to take Bama uh, plus those points. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right about one thing. It is a big line, especially for this matchup, which you know historically we've seen these two teams punch each other in the mouth and finish, you know, with a ten to nine game or something. But this is a bit of a different scenario, and um, I'll I'll just throw it out there right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna take LSU with the points here. Um, I know you know I made a personal pledge a couple weeks ago to never bet against Alabama and. In real life, with my actual real American dollars, I will not do that. But I think that I think there's a good chance that LSU holds it within three scores. Um, you know, Alabama doesn't really have many weaknesses uh, on defense. Um, they're you know looking at S&P Plus rankings from Bill Conley, SB Nation. Um, you know, they're they're pretty solid all around. I think that Darius Geis will obviously come back down to earth. I think that he might be able to do a little bit of damage, but I think that Bama can probably hold him in check. One thing that was kind of interesting to me is that 
Although Alabama's secondary is pretty good overall efficiency-wise. Um, they rank 54th in the nation in passing ISO uh, PPD, which is essentially uh, explosive downfield plays. Now, when you think of Danny Etling, you don't necessarily think of explosive downfield plays, but I think that they have athletes on the outside where I think that that could be part of the game plan here. Um, I, I, I am not predicting a 300-yard game from Danny Etling, but I think that they can probably do enough on offense to keep this within three touchdowns, I'm hoping. Um I don't know. It feels so wrong and dirty to like to lay more than twenty one in this matchup. So I'm just gonna kind of go with my gut and go LSU. Uh, Matt, what do you think? It kills me to take uh, twenty one and a half point because I love betting underdogs. But I mean, Alabama is number one in the country in uh, opponents' yards per rush, uh, allowing only two point four yards per rush, and. LSU rushes the ball 63.5% of days. I, I just can't even see him scoring in this game. And if if they're not scoring, I mean, if they're not scoring, Alabama's going to put up at least 28, even against a decent defense. I, I, it's hard. I just can't see him keeping it with close, even in this game. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Um, just one little interesting thing. I'm looking at the on ESPN. They have the little ticket prices on the side. Um Tickets are only $7 for this game, which I'm surprised at. Rivalry game like this, night game, um, I, I was just pretty pretty surprised by that. Um, that that's besides the point, though. Um, game day is going to be at the next game we're going to talk about this week. Uh, two teams we kind of harped on a lot in our little segment before, but I'm certainly excited for this one. Um, neither team has a great defense, but Oklahoma is traveling to Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State is three-point favorites at home. Um, we're going to get to see James Washington and Baker Mayfield go head-to-head, Jordan. So th- this should be a game me and you are both watching. Um, I I want to know what the over-under is on this game more than anything else because I would just slam the over. Um, but um, I, I think this is probably the most important Big 12 game of the season because um, I think these are really the two contenders in the Big 12 in my mind. Um I think they're pretty even teams, too. Oklahoma State certainly has a better defense. Uh, Oklahoma definitely has a more explosive rushing attack. Probably the better quarterback, too. Um, Basically, in my mind, it's going to be, can Oklahoma State contain Mayfield? Um, If they can do that, if that defense is legit, I think them being at home uh, will be enough for them to to win the game. Uh, It's it's tough for me to pick against Baker Mayfield, um, but I, I... I think Oklahoma State is a better all-around team than Oklahoma. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State at home as, as the favorite, um, similar to what I did last game. Uh, what are you, what's your thought on this one, Matt? Um, I'm pretty torn on this because it's, it's a battle of two good quarterbacks. It's also a battle of two awful defenses. So I, I like you, I'm probably just going to hammer the over on this, but if I, it's it's pure gut feeling at this point, and I'm just not willing to bet against Baker Mayfield right <laughs> yeah, now. I got you. Um, not much else. Uh, well, he's here's really a question good. For you. Uh, you have you have one game for your Buckeyes to play in the national championship. Game on the line. One last drive. Would you rather JT Barrett or Baker Mayfield in that drive? You're hurting oh, my feels. <laughs> I, no, no, because right, I, I honestly think after last week what JT Barrett proved to me, I think I would probably take Barrett. I, I think if I'm putting 
I think Barrett knows that offense that they're running and runs that specific offense about as well as it can be run. So I would take JT Barrett. Yeah, it's tough, though. I, I trust his... Uh, he's got the intangibles, I think. I think he'd, he'd kind of will that team more than someone like Mayfield yeah. would. Um, you know, I think I think he's been a little more consistent. I have yeah, to, yeah, I have to getting, object. Yeah, we're getting... Yeah, if you're if you're gonna talk about hashtag grit and hashtag moxie, um, Baker Mayfield is the man. That dude is so tough and 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 just he. I don't know. I just had to throw that in there because if we're talking about intangibles, uh, he's top of the list in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I, I want to say they're the top two quarterbacks in the country, and it's pretty close for me. But one guy we failed to mention all show is Lamar Jackson, and ah. Uh, that just sucks for that guy. How bad that team is, because yeah, it's so but, sad. Uh, it really is. That was just a quick sidebar. If you want to talk a little more about Baker, uh, Jordan, uh, go ahead. I know, I know, you could talk for a while about him. So yeah, I mean, it's. I'm glad that we were talking about him like at the beginning of the season because it seems like, you know, some of the, some of the like pro scout guys on Twitter are starting to bump him up now. Um, you know, I I just. It, He's going to get dinged. Like, we've talked about this. He's older as a prospect. He's short as a prospect. He's going to get dinged for those things. People still like Josh Allen. Like, I'm sorry I had to say Josh Allen, but, um, you know. But anyways, but, like, it, this game is, is super interesting to me because I think that Oklahoma State's defense has really been trending up, and I think that they're still kind of underrated because all eyes go to their offense, and for good reason. Um but kind of what I touched on when we were talking about the rankings earlier, as far as this game is concerned, I've, I'm worried about Oklahoma's pass defense. Um, James Washington, Mason Rudolph is – I'm reluctant to say that he's, like, good because I still don't know if he is or not, but he's good in this offense. Um, and I think that this spread, you know, three points, essentially a pick because it's at Oklahoma State. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna lay the three and take Oklahoma State. Um and it pains me to pick against Baker, but I kind of feel like he's going to have to drag them along to a win if it turns, you know, if it goes that way. Uh, the the health of Justice Hill will be interesting. I think he came back. I think he came back to that game near in the end, um, but I know that he was dinged up early. Uh, that's something to definitely keep an eye on if you are planning on betting this game because he. I love Justice Hill. I think that he's underrated running back. Um, dynamic and and pretty powerful for his size so just one other thing to kind of keep an eye on if you're uh if you're looking to bet this game yeah later i will on say i know uh, we we talked up justice hill a bunch on here too um jd king his backup has been uh, he's gotten a lot of touches this year and he's been pretty productive for them as well so maybe not a huge drop off but Hill's certainly a big difference maker for their offense um going over to the acc again two teams we touched on uh, Miami's tra- Miami is hosting Virginia Tech at home. Uh, Miami is actually a two and a half point home underdog, uh, which you know that's always interesting for betting situations. I think this game for me is really um, going to be Miami's first true test of the season. Um, you know they've played Florida State, played Georgia Tech, both those teams close. Those are the two best uh, wins I'd say right now. But they haven't faced a defense like uh, Virginia Tech has, I'd say. And I think if this is going to come down to anything. Uh, obviously, Virginia Tech is going to be going up against a good Miami defense, too. I think this game is probably going to come down to which quarterback 
makes fewer mistakes against these elite defenses. Um, both of them are pretty young in their first year starting. Um, they have nearly identical statistics too, which is amazing. Both have 17 touchdowns and four interceptions. Uh, Malik Rozier has 2,071 yards. Josh Jackson, 2,032. Um, however, Jackson was a little better on the ground. And while um, Virginia Tech's running backs might not be as strong, I think that added dual threat uh, ability that he has uh, kind of just opens up the playbook a little bit more for uh, Virginia Tech. Um, he's not a, he's not like a tremendous runner like someone like Lamar Jackson is, but it's more just his pocket mobility and being able to extend the play. Um, so I'd, I'd personally take Jackson over Rozier, which is what would give me uh, make me give the edge to Virginia Tech in this game. And I do think their defense is just a little bit better, too. Miami probably has the better defensive line, but I like Virginia Tech's secondary a lot. So, um, favorites on the road. Don't usually feel comfortable taking them. Uh, taking the favorite three times in a row. Not much fun for me this week, but uh, I'm going to take Virginia Tech here. There, uh, I think I'm in this game, I'm betting on Virginia Tech's defense being able up against a Miami offense that hasn't actually looked that impressive to me since the loss of Mark Walton. And I'm just betting on Josh Jad being quarterback in this game. Uh, like that, it's tough to lay point road favorite, but Josh Jackson is the quarterback I'm more willing to bet on in this spot. Yeah, I'll, I'll round it out and, and join you guys with VT, uh, lay the two and a half. I think that inside of a field goal, um, just kind of a lot of the points you guys hit, I think Virginia Tech's defense is really good, and I'm just not entirely sold on Miami. Uh, I think this could be a spot where, you know, quote unquote, their luck runs out. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm i going to lay the points as well and go VT on the road. Uh, we got three more games to preview, but just want to take a quick moment to talk about draft. Uh, if you guys love fantasy football, you can just try our new favorite app, Draft. Uh, all you have to do is you join a draft, and it lasts for just one week. There's no management. You just set it, you forget it. So it's like daily fantasy, but um, the fun part of it is that, you know, I know drafting is my favorite part of fantasy football. You get to do that every week, and you get a new matchup every week. Uh, if you're somebody like me, uh, I don't know about how your guys' teams are doing, but I got a couple redraft teams that are, uh, you know, looking like they're already out of contention. Uh, you know, a couple dynasty teams too. That's how I build those teams, though. So if you're looking to actually get a couple, uh, you know, a little bit of competition every week, you can head on over to Draft. Uh, so if you come join us on Draft today, you can download the app at any time. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes, or join right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. And for a limited time only. All new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code RVRADIO. So you can play a real money game for free just for using that promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit. So just search draft in the app store, go to playdraft.com, and use that promo code, and you guys will be all set up to go. Um, next ACC matchup we're going to talk about is uh, Clemson traveling to North Carolina State. Uh, again, another uh, home underdog. Um, North Carolina State, we didn't touch on them. Uh, they were a top 15 team coming into the week. Uh, got shellacked by Notre Dame. Um, the running back, Naeem, Naeem Hines, got a little banged up. Uh, missed missed uh, the rest of the game after getting injured in the first quarter. Um, I wasn't able to catch any of that game. I didn't see uh, you know the severity of it. I think he's questionable for this week. Um, Calvin Harmon for them. I know you really like him, Matt. I'll let you talk about him. Uh, Jordan, sorry, excuse me. Um, I, I know you really like him, so I'll let you touch on him. But um, he's been, you know, blowing up over the past couple weeks. Um, 
I don't necessarily trust Ryan Finley to go up against uh, Clemson's defense, especially when he can't throw a ball past like 25, 30 yards. Uh, he doesn't have the best arm strength, especially if Hines is out. Um, I know it's at home for NC State. As long as Kelly Bryant's healthy, I think the seven-point line is probably a little low. Um, I'm going to take Clemson. I'd probably take them plus 10, too. I, I, I see this being probably a two-score game. Uh, but if you want to talk about uh, Harmon a little bit and how you see that playing out, that matchup uh, with him in their secondary, if you want to touch on that, Jordan. Yeah, so I, I just really like Kelvin Harmon as a prospect, and he's still young, and he's, you know, with Jalen Samuels. Uh, Jalen Samuels is actually pretty sure he's still the leader in targets on the team, playing kind of that hybrid role we've touched on him. But I, I just look at Harmon as a guy who could really transform into, like, an elite outside guy as soon as next year, maybe the end of this year. Um, just really high on him individually. I'm a little bit worried about the matchup because it's been really soft in the past, um, and we talk about their defensive line pretty much on a weekly basis. Um, the, the injury to um, Hines, like you said, if he's out, he's actually added a really dynamic element to that offense. I think that if he misses game, um, if, if word's out that he's out, I could easily see this line moving um, much higher towards Clemson. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that a touchdown is kind of low. I think that NC State coming back home is definitely good, but that was a, you know, they got bounced pretty hard against Notre Dame. Clemson still has, you know, a national championship to play for. Um, and I'm just still a believer in the overall talent level at Clemson. I think that they are better than a touchdown, um, or more than a touchdown better, I should say. So uh, I'll lay the seven on the road with Clemson here. You're going to make it a clean sweep here, Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'm, with Kelly Ryan's in the lineup, I'm not betting against this Clemson team. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, heading up a little bit up north, uh, Penn State traveling to Michigan State this week. Another home underdog, uh, Penn State's figured by seven and a half. Uh, obviously, Penn State coming off that tough loss against Ohio State, and Michigan State lost in triple overtime to Northwestern this week. I believe they stayed in at number 24 in the top 25. Um, I just don't think Michigan State's really close to a top 25 team. I think they're probably in that top 35 range, but you know, their best win is against uh, Michigan in a monsoon where Michigan chose to throw the ball 35 times with John O'Corn, who got benched this week. It just, you know, that's not a very impressive win to me. Um, and their offense is it's solid, but uh, I'm not a big Brian uh, Lewerke guy. I believe that's Lewerke. I believe that's how you say it. Um, LJ Scott uh, had a bit of a down year for him this year. Um, you know, the defense is very good, um, like I talked about before. Um, Penn State's offensive line is obviously a huge concern. Um, and they, they can get up, get after the passer. Um, as long as Penn State can bust one big play, get off to a fast start again, uh, PSU by 90. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take Penn State plus the points. You guys, you, guys, you guys in agreement there? I mean, I have Penn State as my number four team in the country right now, and I, I agree with you. I don't think this Michigan State team is all that impressive. That loss to even triple overtime, they – I don't think they should, if they're a top two, shouldn't have been that close with Northwestern in the first place. And I, yeah, I'm, it, that line will probably inflate up to 10 and a half by the ten, by kickoff. I still would take eight. Yeah, I'm surprised this line is this low. Jordan, we in another yeah, sweep out here? Yeah, uh, I, I think you have to go Penn State here. I, I, you know, even though it's a road game, I think that this could really get be like a bounce back, solid bounce back spot from that loss. Um, I, I've been down on Michigan State all year, although, you know, they they are a bit 
results, uh, you know, they, they seem to be a bit of a fraud. Um, their defense is good, like you said, uh, efficiency metrics-wise, but, you know, when you look at their wins and, and losses, you know, they beat Iowa by a touchdown, they beat Michigan by, by four, they beat uh, Minnesota by three, they beat Indiana by eight. Um, Penn State is better than all of those teams easily. So I, I just don't really see, you know, crazier things have happened, but I'll take uh, I'll take State. I'll, I'll lay the points on the road. I've uh, got one more game left to preview here. One thing we don't have in the previews, I just want to say it's the best time of the year. Uh, this Tuesday we got we got some Tuesday night action starting back up. So for all you degenerates out there, uh, Bowling Green's playing Kent State and Miami of Ohio's playing Miami. So, uh, you know, two stellar games. I know I'll be watching. I love I love some early November action. But um, another team I love, talked about them a good amount here, Iowa State's traveling to West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia's two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, West Virginia coming off a loss to Oklahoma State at home this week. Um, so Will Greer probably be looking to bounce back. We've talked about him a bunch. Uh, I really like him. Uh, but... Uh, Iowa State's defense has looked legit. They've they've held TCU's offense to seven points, and they're also able to, you know, kind of hold Oklahoma as well. Um, while West Virginia's defense is solid, um, I don't know if it's enough to rein in a guy like David Montgomery or contain a guy like Al- Alan Lazard. They've never faced a receiver with his size uh, this year. Um, I'm going to take Iowa State plus two and a half. I'm a believer. Uh, I like what Matt Campbell's doing down there. Um, you know, I already talked about them a good amount, so I'm not going to get too much into it, but I'm going to take them plus the points. I think I'm right there with you. Um, I think even more impressive than holding Oklahoma in check was they held Texas Tech, which all they do is score points, uh, to only 13 points. That defense, for me, is one that I'm on spot. And after watching that West Virginia, I'm, I'm not betting on Will Greer anymore. I thought I was starting to like him, and in a moment where they could have taken over that game after two non-offensive touchdowns on the field and essentially has a three and out. So I, I'm not betting on Will Greer. I'm, I'll I'll take the point here. Hey, don't yeah, go I, slandering my Will Greer. Big Will Greer. Big Will Greer. I, I put him. Trying, I put him on the. I was uh, trying to like him. And, and look how he, he just does me so dirty. It's yeah. just not you know. Is it the new Madden curse? Is that what it is? If you're on the cover of the uh, your article every week, is that what it is? Apparently, I mean, it's a sick picture of him with his long flowing hair, jumping like bumping shoulders with a teammate, and then he just goes out and just ugh, gross. But yeah, um, I'm you know this Kyle, this Kyle Kemp kid. Um, I know that you 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 talked about him early, uh, Kyle, and you 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 failed to mention his name. I don't think you should. Don't slander this young man who is just taking world by storm here. Um, but yeah, I well to be to be fair, <laughs> well, I like Jacob Park Hart? because of his yeah, hair more so than his ability on the field. But um, yeah, I mean, I I guess it is kind of you know going to keep <laughs> riding this wave with Ohio or Iowa State, excuse me, until it breaks. Um, West Virginia has just looked kind of uneven, and their secondary is is similarly bad to Oklahoma's um, as far as like giving up big plays, especially. So, um, yeah, I, I'm gonna take Iowa State plus two and a half, and um, I don't know. I could, see, you know, this game kind of is difficult for me, but I, I'll still take the Cyclones, just try and ride the wave. But I could see West Virginia bouncing back here and winning. To be fair, uh, I think one of the reasons I like Iowa State is because I picked them last week for my upset pick, and I finally hit on one. I think that was only the second one all year I hit. So maybe, maybe we're starting to get a trend going now. But uh, 
that, that's what we're going to get into now. Jordan, I really like your upset pick. Um, I, I wouldn't even call it an upset. I, I'm surprised at the line, but if you want to kind of touch on that game a bit, I really like that. Yeah, this is another kind of riding the wave pick. Um, Arizona is traveling to USC. Um, as of recording, I believe Arizona is a 7.5-point underdog. Um, USC is just kind of all over the map. Um Sam Darnold, you know, there's problems there. Injuries are still, you know, a, a concern uh, at mall spots for USC. And, you know, Arizona is just really trending in the right direction. And I had completely buried, Rich, you know, the coaching staff and wasn't really thinking much about Arizona, period, uh, until Khalil Tate opened my eyes. Um, he's phenomenal. And I think that he could just continue to do similar things that he's been doing to this USC team. Upper is much I won't. They just not look right. Um just kind of been all over the map so I feel pretty confident in this um and I think that this money line will be pretty heavily bet I don't know if I can't find those percentages right now but I see Arizona's uh as really popular money line play yeah two things kind of both related to the QB play in this game um is, is it safe to say that Arizona has the better quarterback like at least in terms of this year, I'm not talking pro potential. I, yeah, I mean, coming into the year, um, that that, I I would not have believed that one bit. But um, and then one thing we we touched on last week, I think you brought it up, Jordan. You were saying how uh, you want Darnold to probably return to school, and uh, I think it was this week it came out a couple of reports that said he's leaning towards returning, um, which I think we both agree is probably a good move. Um, my pick for this week, another Pac-12 game. Um, Oregon is a 26-point underdog at Washington. Um, we kind of touched on the Pac-12 before. How it's just, I, I don't really trust it. I don't know if I trust Washington to beat a team like Oregon by that much at home. I just think this line is really big. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Oregon, but I think Royce Freeman will be able to do enough. Uh, and that defense has been pretty solid this year. So I don't think Oregon has a, a good chance to win this game, but I think uh, they'll, they'll cover by a good amount. And then Matt, if you want to talk about, I, I think this would be probably be the biggest upset on here, which which is I always like to see that. So if you kind of want to talk a little bit about this game, I have Texas over TCU, um, and I actually do think that they have a real chance to win it outright. But the number right now is at seven and a half, or that's where I saw it at. Um, opponents this year, they've lost by three, five. Um, there was one on that I'm on right. They've kept games close, and, and against USC, it went a little overtime, and they didn't want anybody. And I think, even though I'm not sure he's a great player, I kind of think of the quarter have on the roster, Ellinger is the right guy to be running the Tom Herman offense. They're going to catch somebody. I don't necessarily know who it's going to be, but I think that TCU is in a position where they they could lose this game outright, for sure. Yeah, definitely, and that would uh, certainly derail the Big 12 only even further. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode of our show. Uh, thanks for coming on this week, Matt. Um, where can people find you on Twitter uh, if they want to hit you up with a follow, which would be a great idea? Um, you can find me on Twitter at WispyTheKid, W-I-S-P-E-Y. Um, so, yeah, you'll see a lot. You'll see a lot of angry Buckeye beats. <laughs> Keep reading his articles whenever he writes one, too. He's a great follow. Um, but like that's going to do it for this episode of the Road of His College Football Show. For, so for Jordan, uh, he's on Twitter at jhoover9787. And I'm Kyle, again, on Twitter at kylepollockff. So thanks for tuning in, guys.
Thank you for listening to the College Football Show, a Rotoviz Radio podcast. Our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.